Welcome back, Bears fans, to this Monday night edition of the CHGO Bears After Dark podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app, use code CHGO when you sign up. How's it going, everyone? Will DeWitt, Greg Bragg Jr. here. Post-bye week, we survived the bye, and it's time to begin the first of our final four game weeks. Nicholas Moriano, he's going to join us in about 30 minutes. Before that, Cody Domendo will join us in about 15 minutes to talk some Monday night football bets. And I have a question. I'm going to ask him about this Bears game coming up here too this week. Before we get into that, it's time for our weekly vibe check. Greg, first of all, it's great to see you. How's it going? It's going good. You know, I'm excited to get back to watching some Bears football. Uh, You know, I mean, a week off from it. Uh, you know, like I said, probably a good timing just to get Justin Fields some rest because his back has to be broken from carrying this team all year. But uh, the opportunity to, you know, because we don't really get to, you know, with all the coverage we're doing on game day, we don't necessarily get to key into the other teams around the league. You know, we had this opportunity on the mini buy earlier this year and now this time later here in the year. And I guess the thing that stood out to me was, and I'm sure we're going to talk more about the Eagles here later on, but you know, with the Eagles, it just it just seemed like we we're so far away from being that. So, you know, they have a loaded roster, really good offensive line, bunch of good wide receivers, and 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 we're facing them on Sunday. And I think that's the goal, right? Is for us to become the Bears or for the Bears to become the Eagles here as far as what their plan they put in place and now how they're executing it. Right. But then overall, watching the rest of the NFC. And seeing teams like the Lions starting to climb. I mean, they're under 500 and they're they're feeling on top of the world because they've mm-hmm. strung together some wins. So, you know, while we're not we're we're not very close to what the Eagles are, it's not like we're that far off from the rest of the NFC. So it was it's kind of like a bigger picture look at it. You know, we have a long way to go to maybe win a Super Bowl, but not as far and not as high of a hill to climb to be competitive in this conference. Look at you just continuing to keep your eyes on the prize, focusing on football. I took this Sunday, honestly, like I caught up in some of the games late during the evening and again this morning, but I took my Sunday afternoon and did some like Christmas errands with the wife and Greg, we did the thing where you get to that point of parenting and you decide that your kid's old enough to have like their first phone, which is a very sad oh, day boy. for us when we're yeah. out there looking around. That's a like, scary he turns day. 10. <laughs> it is very scary, but he's like on mine most of the day after school anyway. So mm-hmm. it's time to teach him how to use it. So that's kind of like the big scary thing we did. Did you do anything fun like throughout the bye week? Uh, we went to breakfast uh, Saturday morning and then I had a banquet with my guys over at Bernie's Book Bank and Patrick Manley giving away his long snapper of the award uh, of the year. They do okay. that with my guy, Darren at Bernie's book bank. And what's really cool about that is uh, they made a trophy, you know, to, you know, for the winner. And it's, it's literally Patrick Manley's hands gripping a football. Like they made the mold out of it and then bronze cool. did it and everything. And it's, is his actual like half of his arms, in his hands. It's really cool. I wish I had shared the picture because to me, it rivals the top trophies of any sport. Like it's a really, really cool trophy. Uh, and it kind of embodies the football spirit. So, uh, that's what I did on Saturday. And that, that was about it. Like I said, we had a nice breakfast Saturday. We just kind of 
took it easy. We got a lot of the cleaning done around the house. Jenny tricked me because we thought <laughs> we were having the Christmas Eve family party here. So I spent all of Friday because I got rained out of work on Friday. Worked and cleaned up the whole house. Got some things ahead of the game done before we get like to the last minute. Cleaned the whole thing. And then they switched the location of the party. And I go, you tricked me, Jenny. You knew this was going to happen the whole time. You just wanted me to clean the house. Damn. Well, at least you were a good husband. You, you got the work done, <laughs> even though, I mean, she must really know you, though, to give you like that trick anyway to get it done. <laughs> but hey, I think that's a good use of a day off of work. The uh, like funny thing is, is I've been putting some of these things off for months and it only okay. took me like two, maybe three hours to do. And I felt so accomplished when it was over, like as if this was so hard to do. And I, I could have done it months ago, but yesterday, this weekend was the time. And I felt like a new man after it was over. The room I'm sitting in is as clean as it's been in a year. Wow. Wow. <laughs> procrastinator though, right? You you put it off, you put it off and you're like, oh, that actually didn't take long at all. Like, the, I got the same boat with like a, the joys of being like ADD, that. Will. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're. it's one of those where I never was diagnosed as a kid but the older i got i'm like yeah that actually describes so much about how my brain operates so i'm i'm right there with you do you know why i'm upset at you though i forgot why? i know uh, i don't know you don't know it's because no. you told me that there's no reason to root for the houston texans to find a way to win games and damn it greg if you were on <laughs> that side <laughs> <laughs> if that would have been like Lovey Smith's team, they would have found a way to hold on at the end. I was watching them just give up that game. And all the time I was about to text you. I'm like, this is all Greg's fault for telling people that they don't have to root for the Texans because there's no way they're going to lose or sorry, win two more of these games. And if they would have beat the Cowboys of all teams, like the bears would have had a realistic shot at, at number one overall pick. And now it's, even tougher than it was 48 hours ago, but it was right there. For yeah, the I never would have imagined that that would have been, like when you looked at the rest of the Texans schedule and they have the Colts and the Jaguars who are playing much better here, so it doesn't look like that's certainly any kind of a given win by any means, but I never would have circled the Cowboys game like, ah, there's the trap game. So, um, But it was funny how that game finished because they're up three, Lovey Smith and the Texans are uh, getting ready to score and potentially go up 10 and, and end it. And they decide to not go for the field goal, go for it on fourth down. They don't get it. And the Cowboys go back and win the game the other way. And you have to feel in that moment that they were certainly in on the tank. They were like, okay, we had our fun. Now let's, uh, you know, let's do, let's play it loose here. You know, and, and it's kind of funny because you just don't know who's in on the tank, right? The players are never in on the tank. We I've had a hearty discussion with some Bears Twitterites this uh, today about this, and you know, I, players are certainly never in on the tank. They they have contracts that they have to play well for their some of their incentives on their contract to come through, and they're trying to put tape out there for future jobs. They may not be on the Texans next year or the Bears next year, but they have to try to get a job somewhere else too. So they're not in on the tank. Are the coaches in on the tank? We don't. You know, the Eagles, as I brought up to some people that want to push back on this whole tank thing, the Eagles did tank two years ago. They they chose to lose to the Redskins at the end of the year, or the Commanders, now they are, and 
and and that got that put the Giants in, and that dropped the Eagles from the ninth pick to the fifth pick, and set them mm-hmm. up to trade back and get future first round picks, which they've done the last two years, trading back for future first round picks. And that is something I want the Bears to mirror. But you just don't know who's in on the tank. The the coaches. It doesn't <laughs> seem like Matt Eberflus is. Doesn't seem like the players obviously aren't. But then the front office, they can put the pieces in place. That even though you're not trying to tank, you you have no choice because of the talent on the field. Everybody talks about learning to win. I know Sam Mustafer had a, a quote about learning to win. And at the end of the day, you know, once they get better players in here, you know, this learning to win theory is going to go out the window because, you know, good players win, bad players lose. And that's as simple as you can put it. And they can try and learn as much as they can. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the Clydesdales in the race, you're not going to win many races. You can learn how to race all you want, but you need the horses to get you home. That's right. Yeah, I was going to say that Sam Mustafer needs to learn a lot of things in addition to just winning. And if the Bears learn how to win, you mentioned getting better players. He may not like the answer that the Bears have if they want to be winners down the road but just looking at like the draft status and i know during like the day show they talked about it a lot so i don't want to drive into it too deeply but i did kind of write that bi-week rooting guide so i've just been paying attention to like all these teams and the outcomes and luckily thursday night the rams pulling one out was huge for the bears because if they would have lost just like denver lost the bears would be sitting fourth but luckily we're only at the third overall pick and then tonight uh, is another just big game we have arizona going up against the patriots cody beyond in a few moments uh, to kind of give us some bets and things like that but just looking at this game it's one of those you have to root for the cardinals uh, if you're a bears fan because the cardinals are a game and a half behind the bears they win this game and they're going to close that gap and i don't think anybody wants that sixth overall pick to be in contention for the bears we want to try to stay top three top four uh, if we can and some of that's out of our hands but definitely arizona winning tonight just adds a little bit more cushion and i think we all want want some breathing room when it comes to that so for the next three and a half four hours i'm not going to say i'm a cardinals fan but i'm going to say i'm a i'm rooting for that team and you did a really nice job putting that article out you know getting bears fans to know hey what are we to watch to to keep an eye on what's going to help our draft cause. And I've seen some people on Twitter doing the deep dive as far as what our worst case scenario is, is going to be as these games unfold. And according to my bears, Twitter sources, and you know, me with my bears, Twitter (laughs) sources, I've gone off the, I've gone off the level a few times with those guys, but I will continue to trust them because they are my people. Um, I have someone that, Seems like they're really doing their homework on this. They claim that now we're at the point that number five, that the pit number five is the furthest we can fall. When you include the the teams that have lost that have four, three, four, or five losses, or I should say one loss or as far as helping us. And then the other aspect is some of those teams still play each other here in the upcoming weeks. Mm, so yep. according to these sources, uh, shout out to my Bears Twitterites, apparently now the first we can fall to five. Because the last few weeks when I was really concerned about this, you know, we the difference was like you were either the third pick or, or the second pick or the 16th pick. And then yeah. the next week it was the second pick and then the 13th pick. Now it's starting to where the, the picture is becoming more clear. 
And if the furthest we're going to fall is four or five, I'm going to have less of a emotional outburst if we blow it. Right. But at the same time, two is still so much valuable than three, four or five, because it gives you the opportunity, you know, for sure, you'll be able to trade out of that. We don't know how they're going to evaluate these QBs. You've got Bryce Young, you've got Will Levis, you know, who's like this year's Mitch Trubisky. And then you've got, um, who's the other quarterback? Will help me out here. You got Bryce Young, Will Levis, and then um, CJ Stroud. Yeah, there you go. I was gonna mention Stroud Stroud. from Ohio State. And we hope that Stroud and 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 Bryce Young do really well here in these bowl games, right? Because that's only gonna help their draft status. If you're a Bears fan, you gotta root for CJ Stroud to win the national championship and let his value go through the roof. Because then wherever we're sitting, if these three quarterbacks, you know, if everybody starts getting quarterback obsessed and puts all these guys up in the top three or four picks, you know, then we'll still have an opportunity to trade back. But at number two, you have to feel really good that that will still be an option. Yeah, a million percent. I know we've been talking about this off and on for the last few weeks. And you're right. Like these teams do start to play one another, which makes it, at least for my mind, it starts going in a million different directions of what that does to the numbers. Because like the Cardinals tonight play the Patriots and the next week they play Denver. And so you're rooting for Denver to win that game, which then we would leapfrog back over them if the Bears lose to the Eagles. And we'll, we'll talk about that here later in this show and throughout the week. If you know, if we believe the Bears can pull one out, I hope that everyone's hoping for a fun game. But at the end of the day, that the result is really what we would anticipate, what we would expect. But yeah, I think it's just going to be really fascinating to watch how this all plays out over the next few weeks. And it's, in a way, Greg, I don't want to say it's as exciting because everyone here wants the Bears to be winners, contenders, and playing for playoff spots. But it's very similar, like playing for draft position and watching these other teams and like who's in contention and who's in the hunt and how it all kind of shakes out. It's it's fascinating. And I think the last time the Bears had like a top five picks or going all the way back to like the Trubisky days, like they didn't have all these sites like Tankathon. People weren't into it as much as they are now. So it's just... Just, to me, it's a really interesting, just kind of new element here. And hopefully it's a one-year thing, and then we can just focus on the playoffs from here on out. Anything else before we bring on Cody to talk some bets? No, I mean, well, we'll get more into it. But, you know, certainly excited for this Bears-Eagles game because, um, you know, like I said, this is the team that we aspire to be here in Chicago. So I think it's perfect timing for this matchup. And I saw Casey saying good evening. Good evening, Casey. Daniel said yo. I am Skokes said, you know, gave us a little rock sign. So I appreciate everyone jumping in here, the chat for this After Dark special. Let's bring on Cody because he has to win people some money. What's going on, Team Carhartt? Yeah, yeah. It looks like the exact same one almost, right? Almost. (laughs) Yeah, getting there pretty close. How's it going, man? Have a good weekend. I know Cubs are making it difficult. Uh, Yeah. The Cubs are running my life right now, and they're not even playing games. But, yeah, I haven't yeah. taken it easy on you, Cody, because I know you're going through a stressful time. Because you know me, I want to constantly get at you about college basketball. I'm so excited for college basketball. Illinois had some tough losses to start their Big Ten season. And my Boilermakers, which I will give you way more crap about tomorrow on those CHGO bench. So you can't duck me tomorrow. But Purdue Boilermakers are number one in the country. That's right, Will. I know you're a IU fan too. So 
you know, I'll well, try you, to, you know, you know what they say about teams that peak in December, Braggs. I don't know, and I don't care. I just. Love it. <laughs> hey, Greg, did you say something? I accidentally hit the mute button for like oh, twenty seconds well. there. Uh, I didn't hear anything you said. Oh my gosh! Um, well, don't do the listeners any favors. Anyway, <laughs> there we go. Hey, yeah, Cody, no, real quick, I have a question. So mm-hmm. I saw this morning that the Bears are opening up this week as nine-point underdogs at home. Yet, yeah. like when I look at the Eagles and what they're able to do last week against the Giants, like it doesn't surprise me as much as it hurts to be almost a double-digit underdog at Soldier Field. Like, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. just about that opening line? Um, right now, I would play the Eagles uh, to cover that. But I feel like maybe by Sunday that spread could be up to double digits. Um, I'd probably still take the Eagles, but um, I say that, and I'm someone who's been fading the Eagles all season, and that's not to just like win or lose. That like that's to cover the spread. They like I mean they've been huge favorites in a lot of games this year. Right, they're seven and a half or eight point favorites against the Giants on the road last week, and I. You know, divisional games, like divisional road favorites aren't exactly profitable over the span of time. Um, but they covered – They, I mean, they blew out the Giants. Uh, it was never a doubt for them. Um, and But, like, there was a few weeks ago they played the Texans on a Thursday night. was like a 16 or six, 15 or 16-point spread favorite, I believe, and they didn't cover that. Um, so, yeah, I mean – I'd get the Eagles now just because it's a touchdown and a, and a field goal. Like, if, like, like if they, they win by 10, right? Like that, that's, that seems likely I feel, but if I would probably then lean the bears, if it got, Oh, like got over 10 and a half. Cause I think the bears could hang around. They've hung around with every team all season. Right. Um, so, but that said, like it, it, it's still like, it's still one that I would probably avoid. Maybe just take the over because I think the Eagles are going to put up a ton of points anyway, and their defense is good. But they've shown that they're they're that they are sus against the run, which is something the Bears like to do. Right. Um. And again, I believe the over is undefeated since they traded Roquan Smith. So that's <laughs> that's something I'm going to keep playing. I played the under in the the Bears Jets game because of the weather and because of the quarterback situation. And that game still went over. And that was right. because the Jets had put up like 30 some points. So the total was like 38 points. And Trevor Simeon somehow went out went out there and put up 10 points. So uh yeah, no, like coming off the bye, I think the Bears are gonna come out um, you know, motivated to play well, right? At home. You know how like you guys were just talking about, you know, tanking and all that, like I don't think Ibrahim is out there trying to tank the way that no. he's coaching games, right? So, I think the Bears will give him a good, give him a good fight. But I would probably play the Eagles up to ten. Uh, if it went to ten and a half or more, I'd I'd then play the Bears. Okay, no, that makes a lot of sense. I appreciate you just sharing it. I know we don't usually look that far ahead right now, and we also have After Dark coming up later, and you have some bets throughout the week. But I just appreciate some early thoughts. Switching over yeah. to this Monday night game, I just want to know to start things off: Does this classify as a Cody stinker? Uh, I mean, at least there's like some playoff implications in this game. Like, I, yeah. like the Patriots are on the in the hunt graphic, right? And the uh, I don't, the Cardinals coming off the bye. I don't know what 
if they're completely if they're eliminated or not. But I do know that like they're trying to win. Like I think Cliff Kingsbury is on the the hot seat, and I'd say so. I, I, it's, I like everything going on in Arizona right now is kind of a a mess. So like I I would say this is a must win for them. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't say that this game is completely awful, but I mean, I could, I would have been happier if they put like that Chargers Dolphins game on Monday night instead of Sunday night. You know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah. Um, so tonight I'm riding the Patriots minus two and a half. Uh, you could have got it at one and a half this morning. I ended up taking two and a half later this afternoon. Um, and I thought about it for a while. Um, and I'm just going to ride with Belichick. I, I love taking Kingsbury as an underdog. I think I've said that on the show before. I think the 49ers and the, in the, in the Cardinals, um, they played in Mexico city like a month ago, something like that. And I took, I took the Cardinals as like eight point dogs. They got blown out by the 49ers that it really doesn't matter who the quarterback there is there anymore. I, I don't, it's pretty impressive. No one's really talking about it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take the Pats minus two and a half. Uh, some trends include like, so Belichick is like the against the spread. Belichick after a loss, he is 65 percent win winning percentage against the spread after a loss. Um, he's 60 percent against the spread against the NFC and 65 percent in toss up spreads of three points or less in his entire coaching career as a seven point favorite or anything worse after a loss. Belichick is 41 11 and one that's 79 percent in his career and i know a lot of those games obviously were with tom brady but i was gonna say do you have any splits like but it's been after brady or no <laughs> no I, sure I do not have different. that i do not have that um but he is uh he is three and one this season uh when he is a seven point favorite or worse uh so uh it's not like they well that's four games but i don't know i as far as like Kingsbury, um, again, like I just said, he's kind of on the hot seat. So uh, these games actually matter. But he he's shown the last few years to not like the Cardinals have kind of like last year, especially the Cardinals jumped out to a great record to start the year. Right. And then they kind of fell apart towards the end. Um, so Kyler Murray is only one one of his last 10 home games. This is this is a wow. this is a home game for the Cardinals. One of his last 10. Um and Kingsbury is 10 and 23 straight up from week eight forward. And that includes an ugly 12 and 19 and two against the spread after week eight as a Cardinals coach. So I think like it, I hate betting the Patriots without Tom Brady because you don't know what you're going to get out of Mac Jones, but I think they run the ball a ton tonight with Stevenson Uh in this Cardinals defense. It, it's, it's shown that it can be good, but it also has shown that it can be very bad. Uh, you know, to me, like I, I do kind of lean the under just because the Cardinals offense is so inconsistent. You don't know what you're going to get. Uh, and it's kind of the same thing with the Pats. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I like the spread the most. You're giving me two and a half, which means all, all, uh, New England has to do is, is win by a field goal. I think, I think that's doable. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll take, I'll, I'm taking the better coach tonight. That's basically what I'm doing. Honestly, it may, that makes a lot of sense. Greg, I'm glad you're back. I know you're asking people to give this video a like, and maybe the number is so low, you had to like take a moment off screen to let out some frustration, but I'm glad you're here. 
No. <laughs> you okay? I'm good. I've, I've calmed down. No, we appreciate everybody hitting that like button and subscribing. As always, appreciate everybody oh, yeah. tuning in. And then uh, Steven, our producer, Cody, you didn't mention, I know DraftKings is running a special tonight, and Steven was like playing with it right before we went live. Did yeah, you end, actually end up settling? I did, I did get the bet in. It's a, it has to be a minimum of three legs. Okay. It's a no-sweat parlay, so up to $10. If you lose the bet, you get your money back as a free bet. So it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. you got to at least hop on that and sprinkle some yeah. money in there. Cody, do you yeah, that, that one? I, I have not, and the big reason is I just didn't have a great gambling weekend. So I'm just <laughs> – <laughs> I'm trying to just kind of not I'm trying to not spend or bet a lot of money tonight. So you're having uh, a rough <laughs> you're having a rough few days, Cody. I am, Greg. I really am. I appreciate you for like not like shoving it down my throat. I, you know, when when Illinois lost the other day, I was like, I almost was gonna hit the send tweet. I was gonna give you one of those uh, voicemail texts that I give you, and I was like, I was like, you know what? He, we're. I need Cody to focus on the Cubs right now. I don't need to be bugging him about it. It's early in the season. I need him to focus on the Cubs. Focus on winning. You know, our lawyer, loyal viewers money. So I just yeah. want to keep you in good spirits because there's still work to be done. Correa is still out there. Dansby Swanson still out there with his beautiful bride from Chicago. So you still have work to do, Cody. Okay. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to be nice Listen, to you for the time. I'm, I'm going to Winterland tomorrow again, Braggs. That means that I'm giving, I'm giving Ricketts more <laughs> of my damn money. If it better go to the damn Correa fund, man. Like, I don't know what else I got to do to I get this team a, to spend some money, man. I thought it was a great idea that if me and you went there, we just get on the teacups and then like chain, <laughs> chain ourselves to the teacups and refuse to be like, we're not getting off until you sign someone. You right gotta now. sign someone, or I ain't getting out. <laughs> yeah, Cody, we're, des- bring a, we're desperate. Cody, to bring it back to tonight's game, I, I do have to ask: Did you sprinkle any money on Hunter Henry at all? Uh if I were to do a same game parlay, he is someone that I would because I know Mac Jones likes targeting him. I know he hasn't targeted him a ton this year, but he definitely targeted him a ton last year. I know the Patriots offense has obviously gone off to a really slow start this year and it's been better in recent weeks, but um, yeah, he is like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame, or I wouldn't like say no against that. I would, I would totally do that. On top of that, the Cardinals are the last in the NFL in defending the tight end dead last. I mean, I I was looking at some of the numbers before I placed my bet. I went heavy on Hunter Henry myself, Travis Mm -hmm. Kelsey week one, 121 in the touchdown. Darren Waller who's been injured and had a terrible year, six catches, 50, 50 yards touchdown Tyler Higby four for 61. I mean, only I see only two bad games that tight ends have had against the Cardinals. That was the Panthers who have Tommy tremble and Ian Thomas to virtually exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The other one was the Vikings before they got uh, TJ Hawkinson. So I had Johnny mm. Munson, Irv Smith. So that yeah. was the one thing I went really heavy on tonight. Yeah, that's, that's good thinking. I, uh, when I, when I think of like Patriots receivers, I just think of them just throwing the tight ends. Like that's yeah. even with Mac Jones, they do that a lot. So check yeah. down the stands for me. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So. Steven, he got me. I'm going to do, he said it has to be at least three or max at three. Uh, at least three. Okay. So I got four and I'm going to kind of tease the under at 50.5. I'll take over 64 and a half rushing for Stevenson. 
over 24 and a half for Henry. You talked me up a little bit for my 14 and a half. And then I'm going to take the Patriots at a plus three and a half, just in case the Cardinals win and help out the Bears. And that gives me a plus 370. I feel pretty good about that. Love it. Yeah. No, I I like the teasing of the spreads because you just – it, it gives you a little extra like confidence. So exactly. It does. All right, Cody, thanks for hopping on sharing some bets here for this week, talking about the bears line too. have a good rest of your night. I know you're recording your like personal podcast later this evening, mm. right? Yeah. Eight o'clock, my YouTube channel. If anyone cares, uh, Luke's coming on. We're going <laughs> to, we I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to be basically just going to be talking to him about his career and stuff. So the podcast is just called Connections and it's just like a sports media podcast uh, that I started just because I, I love hearing about people's journey through the, through the industry. So yeah. Let me know when I get my invite and I'll yeah. see you then. And when the we'll Cubs, and if the Cubs don't sign mm-hmm. anyone, we can just go on there and go live and then just cry the entire time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of hoping maybe the Cubs do sign someone during that show that way. Like, I don't know, like it would, uh, it, at least I'd, there'd be a recorded reaction and then, yeah. <laughs> and and then we can hop off and then me and Luke can do cups and then we can be happy. So we'll see. Keep <laughs> up we- the good work, Cody. We believe in you. Stay Thank strong. You, stay I'm positive. Strong. Players I, are still available. Go over there and riot the Winterland, yeah. Wrigley Winterland tomorrow. I believe in you, Cody. <laughs> I need a drink, guys. All right. (laughs) Later, Cody. All right. We're going to bring on Nicholas Moriano to join us in just a moment. Before we do, I want to let you know about one of my favorite partners here at CGO, and that is Shady Rays, because they never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall, because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. They are premium Polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. And the best part about Shady Rays is that they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, which is lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, day 10, day 100, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked, dropped in a lake, off a cliff, anything they will replace them. And of course, you know that I love that they just love to give back, right? They provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every single order placed, and they have donated over 20 million meals to date. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That's buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as 54 Dollars redeem only at shadyrays.com where you can find all of their newest and best shades. And this is when we bring on Nick because he's going to give us our next message. What's up, you guys? Just, How's it just going? Magic. It's magic. Love the hoodie, by the way. Oh, appreciate it. Appreciate oh, it. Oh, it's magic. Oh, you yeah. know, never believe it's not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll stop. Maybe that's a cue for me to tell everybody about next <laughs> Evo. I, I think that's the cue right there. Um, guys, with the holiday season here, not everything is sleigh bells and mistletoes. There's also airports, shopping malls, dining tables, cry with people. Some you're glad to only see once a year. So give yourself the ultimate gift of a stress-free holiday with Next Evo Naturals fast-absorbing CBD products. Next Evo Naturals are developed with smart sorb technology, which is clinically proven to help your body absorb CBD four times better than regular CBD oil. 
And I've noticed uh, Next Evil Revive helping me when I'm dealing with muscle soreness after a workout. And that's why it's important to take the Next Evil Revive daily because it's, um, again, you can re you can absorb four times um, you know, uh, more efficiently with that product. And so don't settle for less. Get your supply of Next Evil Naturals Revive CBD Complex today. Or if you're, you're not into that, you can shop their gummies, capsules, mints, proven again to absorb four times faster than CBD oil. And you can get up to 20% off when you subscribe and spend $40 or more at Next Evo forward slash recover with promo code BEARS. That's B E A R S. NextEvo.com forward slash recover with promo code BEARS. Good stuff there, Nick. Uh, I don't know, Greg, were you hearing like Nick's mic kind of chained? Yeah, it was kind of like it temporarily exploding for a second. Yeah, it was. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, it was odd to say the least. It almost felt like you had two different microphones and you would switch for like a couple words to one. Every time it happens, the rest of this segment, you have to take a shot at my lord. So we'll see how yeah, this you're goes. In trouble. We'll see how I this have, goes. Actually, I think I actually have a bottle of Malort. Not. Yeah, not we're not gonna. Mine. I don't want to kill you tonight because that was pretty <laughs> consistent. Uh, with I, I, while like I set up your house, all updates. Maybe check the USB if it's connected all the way. That would be the only thing I can troubleshoot here uh, on the spot. Question mark. And Stephen helped me with that, so thank you, Stephen. I, I appreciate it. But we'll see. Uh, it wasn't like the end of the world, but it's good to fine tune if we can. But Nick, you were at House Hall today, kind of getting back into like a normal swing of things. I know like the big news that came out this morning was the return of Gordon and Brisker, the Bears defensive backfield becoming, you know, almost full strength. It's kind of hard without any Jackson to say full strength, but at least we're getting a couple of pieces back there. And honestly, I'm just excited to watch their rookie development now continue after a little bit of a hiatus with the concussion uh, protocol anything you want to add about the return and then of course we'll open the floor for some of those additional updates from Hallis. yeah just really quickly um you know maddie refluss you know did say the clear concussion protocol and said they're all squared away um but the important part that they're going to work on right now obviously two players coming off concussion protocol is just the ramp up period so wednesday's going to be a big day for them but man they come at a really important time for the bears especially with the next four opponents and a lot of the playmakers that they have, obviously with A.J. Brown this Sunday and Devontae Smith, you're going to have Justin Jefferson, you're going to have Stephon Diggs, you're going to have uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, so a bunch of capable, more than capable pass catchers uh, with Justin Jefferson arguably being the best wide receiver in the league right now. So they come in an important time for a secondary that was you know, a backup unit uh, when going up against Green Bay. So it's good to see those rookies, and they're going to be tested. And if they struggle in those games, I think it's it's going to be okay in the end because they're going to learn from these moments, but it's good to have them now, um, you know, for at least these four games. And Absolutely. Play, oh, and two shots, by the way. Yeah, two shots. That's not too many. And it's not too bad. I mean, whatever Steven thinks, he's the producer. But, you know, I did think the secondary without Brisker and Gordon, I thought they played really well against Green Bay. I know we ended up giving up 28 points, but, you know, seeing what Josh Blackwell was able to do, uh, Jalen Jones, you know, these guys were battling out there. And I just think, you know, there's something to be said for when a guy gets his opportunity, you know, um, what you might what you might end up finding. And that's what these last four games should be about is is trying to find those people that haven't had that opportunity. But of course, having Brisker and Gordon back and now knowing what you know with these other guys, I just hope that they can find a way to put them in there in certain situations. 
felt like they earned it a little bit against Green Bay. No, absolutely. I mean, just seeing how some of those backups who maybe were primarily special teams, obviously Jalen Jones had played some some uh, on defense, but the Josh Blackwell really impressed. But something that Eberflus said today about Gordon is like he really wants to see him back in that nickel position, obviously being a, an important part in any defense, especially Eberflus's and Allen Williams. But a lot of teams play that 11 personnel, but he, he highlighted Gordon – as playing that nickel spot. That's that'll be a big piece for us going forward, he said. So I wonder if he wants to see more of that as opposed to him being uh, on the outside when when they're not in that nickel package. But he highlights that being one of the things that he was looking forward to seeing now that they're back. And really quickly, there are some other updates about some other players coming back from injuries. Uh, Khalil Herbert, uh, Matty Rafloos did say he does anticipate him to be back. Excited where he's at. He actually spoke to... Yeah, he actually spoke to Herbert earlier today and said he's ready to go. He's been uh, hitting his max speeds. His jumps look good. Power is there in the legs. So um, Khalil Herbert's looking good. But it sounds like from – and you you can even go back and watch the, the, the press conference from earlier today. Larry Borum, he, he was asked what's his status, and he said he's doing okay. And it's how he said it. That makes me feel like he's not doing okay. And he said the injury <laughs> report comes out on Wednesday. So I don't know, you guys, if, if there's something going on with Larry Borum, uh, let's check out for Wednesday. But you can go back and watch that part of his press conference when he said he's doing okay. Mm, I don't know. I, I think otherwise when you say it, say it the way you did. And, you know, obviously you gave an elaborate explanation for Herbert and Gordon and Brisker. He's doing okay. Um, and, you have and then, to expect Alex Leatherwood to get an uptick of of snaps. Yeah, take, yeah, exactly. Take the words right out of your mouth here. That's Nick? literally what's that, next I'm, up. I'm dying for some Leatherwood. That's next up on the uh, the list here, Greg. And well, here's the thing: Matty Rafflu said he hasn't decided about Alex Leatherwood and his rotation as of yet. Practice, he said, will dictate that. Hopefully, he has a good Wednesday Uh-oh. practice. Wednesday. Am I right? Am I right? Uh, yeah, but he did say he'll be rotating. Um, so that is the plan for for Alex Leatherwood. Even though it's still up in the air, it's all going to come down to practice. So we'll maybe, have to wait and see. I'll take some notes down, and you can pass them along to Coach Eberflus, and I'll just put play him the whole game. That'll be okay. And see if he takes it. I'll put that like on a sticky note, and as I go up to the podium, as I place down the recorder from Greg Braggs, just you know, you know, at, it, keep it to once, yourself. Once upon a time, at an autograph convention, I gave Lou Pinella my lineup card for the year. I told him I was like, "This is your lineup." And I gave it to him. I was like, "Here you go. Take this with you." <laughs> That's awesome. That's, <laughs> That's really cool. I like that, Greg. And he didn't kill uh, me. You know, I mean, it's Lou. He's he's kind of a hothead, but he he thought it was funny. I don't know if he took it with him. Though. I was like, "Yeah, this." guy he knows what he's talking about like <laughs> yeah i'm sure that's guy. what he was thinking <laughs> um also uh quick update on on chase claypool uh he was at uh maddie refluce was asked about is he still in the adjustment period um and here's his his response he said yeah i think he's getting to the point i really do he needs alignment assignment get all the things down the route depths and the routes the discipline of running the routes he's in a good spot he's in a good spot we're looking forward to him getting better every single week Jason Leisure from Sun-Times followed up. So where is he at, really? But he's like, Matt Eberflus said, he, but he isn't there yet. He's getting there. And guys, I don't I don't know if we want to, I don't want to take this to, really quickly, I saw what Baker Mayfield did in two days. Right. And 
obviously he hasn't learned the offense. It's impossible. But he went out there and won a football game on a yeah. national, you know, stage. And obviously two different positions and completely different. But it, just to me, it's like hopefully in these last four games, we do see Chase Claypool get more opportunities because it seems like he's getting a lot of these these quick passes in the flat and every so often he'll maybe get a, a shot downfield that doesn't end up connecting. But I don't know. I saw what Baker Mayfield was able to do and obviously got some help from the Raiders defense, but still isn't there after what five was it five, six weeks now I, I'm blanking, but well, and uh, as you, you would like that, to see them there. And as I've said with Chase Claypool, it's kind of all aboard the excuse train and I'm, I'm full of excuses when I de- want to defend my, my, my squad and my Chicago bears. And, I guess the difference there would be play calling. Because, like, yeah, there is an onus on Chase Claypool. He has personal responsibility to understand the offense as fast as he can. And I'm sure it's a lot harder than people want to give him credit for. Mm-hmm. But the, the the difference between the Rams and Baker jumping in is the play callers. Sean McVay has been calling plays for the Rams for years. And he might know how to make it simple for Baker Mayfield. We have a first-year play caller in Luke sure. Getze who – is still trying to figure out what he's trying to do, especially at the end of games. So it is on Chase Claypool, but it's just as much on Luke Getze to scheme Chase Claypool some, you know, a package of plays or whatever, or just in general, get work him into the offense smoother. So it, it's twofold when it comes to Chase. It's Luke Getze and it's Chase Claypool. No blame ever goes on our golden boy, Justin Fields. Because... I refuse to blame <laughs> like him that. for anything. He carries us to, to you know, uh, Greg. Uh, you bring up Justin Fields. One thing that Matt Eberflus wants to see out of Fields uh, these last four games, he wants us to continue to see that rhythm and timing, which has been showing, especially in that that loss to the Packers. But he knows that Justin is more than capable of making dynamic plays. But he also wants to see the ordinary plays, the checkdowns, the, the easy passes. Take what the defense gives you. He said that's the thing that Fields and the coaching staff thinks he needs to improve on, and why not have it? You have a good opportunity the last four games, especially against some, some very good defenses these first two weeks, to just test out some of those ordinary plays. Maybe it's not going to be you know the splash plays that end up you know changing a game, but it can keep a drive going. So that's what Matty Refluce wants to see out of QB1 for the rest of the way. And then really quickly, Jack Sanborn, I know there's been some comments about him in our, in our chat here, but Iberflus really likes the consistency. Seeing out of him said he's tackling better, uh, has really improved in that area. One thing he wants to see, though, and he kind of he said it about Jalen Johnson about a week and a half, two weeks ago, ball production. And I think he wants to see that out of every member of his defense, to be completely honest, just turning over the football, however you can do that. And Jack Sanborn was asked, well, how do you – practice ball production you know punching at the football but also practice tackling it was herb howard from the bigs asked him can you realistically do that and he said with a smile we'll see so we'll have to see how jack sanborn can balance uh you know having form technique tackling tackling lower but also at the same time trying to punch the football out it's a good challenge for for the undrafted uh free agent there i got a chance to ask quickly jack sanborn i i think there was a Everyone was uh, during that Bears Packers game right before the two minute warning. It looked like Sanborn and Rodgers were having, you know, a little chat uh, just right after the two minute warning had happened. I'm like, Jack, what what did you guys talk about? 
And he said he doesn't really remember. He doesn't even know if he said anything to Rodgers. All he could remember is that Rodgers threw up the W for Wisconsin, and that was it. So he doesn't even know if he said anything to Rodgers. But he knows that he was asked a lot about that during the bye week. He's like, yeah, a lot, bunch of people came up to me asking me. He's like, I don't even know if I said anything. I just know he threw up uh, the W for Wisconsin. That's awesome stuff. Good good job, Nick. I appreciate uh, Is that all for Alice? I just want to make sure before I put a bow on it. You know, I know people like they're going to see this portion, they're going to tune out, but Sam Usfer also spoke to the media today, and I thought he had a lot of good things to say. And I know if you want to tune out now, you could do that, but you got to come right back. Uh, but he was asked what he worked on during the buy, and he said just past that efficiency. I got a bunch of, you know, quote tweets and stuff about him. And like, got, he's got a lot more to work on than that, but he's a lightning he rod, that's for sure. <laughs> he definitely is, Greg. Just all you got to do is type in Sam Musselford, and like, so, you know, your, your phone will blow up. You know but what? I'm going to do that. <laughs> just to, I'm pissed off enough people on Bears Twitter today. So there you I'm, go. Why not finish this <laughs> That's going to be funny. Um, he was also asked how he spent the bye week. You know, kind of most players will get away. He's like, he didn't really get away. Plenty of time in the offseason. He said there's plenty of time in the offseason to get away from the game, but a lot of self-scouting. And here's a really cool nugget that he um, revealed about Justin Fields and how he improved. And I'll just give you the, the direct uh, quote here. First, he said he's making audibles at the line of scrimmage. I know Fields was asked about that maybe a month ago. And he said he really doesn't have that flexibility all too much, but he said he's definitely doing that. And here's a direct quote from Mustafer. There are plays and times in the games where he'll, where he'll see a late rotation or something and get us to the proper check or proper read. Or if we're in a run play, this is a look we've scouted all week. He gets everybody on the same page, gets the audible in, gets gets me time to change up the point, and then we're rolling. So seeing that growth from Justin Fields, you know, now that he is in year two and going into to week 15 or week 14, uh, week 15, sorry, it, that's great to see. Because we don't really hear too much of the flexibility that Justin Fields has, you know, with Luke Etsy, his first time uh, play caller. But he's making those adjustments at the line of scrimmage, getting the Bears in the right play, depending on what the defense is doing. That's awesome to hear from from QB1. And then last thing I have from Mustafer, he was obviously asked about, about the Eagles, that defensive line. So it's the deepest unit in the NFL. But he does want to go up against that type of competition. As a competitor, that's what you want to go up against the best. And he did learn a lot from being, you know, benched for what, like 10 snaps before Lucas Patrick ended up, you know, getting hurt. But he said it made him honestly evaluate himself. And I like this quote from him. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Nobody stays the same in this league. So uh, I thought he was pretty insightful. And now everybody who left can come back and join the CHGO Bears after dark show. All right. Show resumes, but I think the nugget about Fields being able to make changes really perked me up when I was just hearing about it. I was literally thinking about this just yesterday. Like why? Cause like I was in that press room cause it was after a game and he was talking like, I, I can't do that. And I just had no idea why they wouldn't trust the man enough to make some changes. Like obviously like he knows the position he's been playing well. He's grown within this offense. He may not have like the flexibility of a Tom Brady, but he should be able to make some adjustments if he feels like he's in a bad spot. So to hear that he's been doing that, that makes a lot of sense. I'm glad that we're able to kind of get that clarified or get that update from Mustafa here today, but Nick really well, good I'm, stuff there. Go ahead, Greg. Here, and because me and Adam were Adam Hogue were talking about this when 
uh, in the Packers game when they ran it on third and five in the pivotal moment on the second to last drive and they didn't get the first down. You know, Adam said, well, that could have been a check at the line of scrimmage by Justin that, you know, they have their reads and their keys. And if the, you know, if what he's seeing says we run this, then we run it. And because I was upset at Luke Getze for not putting the ball Mm -hmm. in Justin's hands. And he goes, well, maybe it was. And Justin decided to check out of that into a run. So maybe that was the case from what you're saying here. Yeah, really good point. So we're going to play a new game yet again, but I think this is the last game for the year in terms of like, we're going to play this every week now. And then we're going to talk about Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. We threw up a YouTube poll, uh, a good question about uh, Jalen and Justin and who's going to have the better career. So if you think it's Justin or Jalen, make sure to participate in our YouTube poll and we will give those results before we sign off for today's episode nick you're making some faces is the is it the results of the poll no Breaking no news? uh our awesome producer steven just said not sure um about kyler apparently he went down with a non-contact injury and the card is coming out wow Yikes. yeah it, i did just see it it didn't look that good uh non-contact on oh, a rush man. it was a little scramble and he i it, i don't want to speculate probably a knee injury and Yikes. yeah yeah we all know what those could be yeah, that's really scary stuff. Wow. Anything yeah. non-contact, man, it's just terrible. Well, they just, I mean, the game just started, right? Or Yeah, not that long ago. Seven Yikes. minutes ago? Yeah, it was the third play of the game. Wow. Yeah. That's Yikes. tough. That's, that's awful. Awful, awful. And that's, yeah. you know, I don't even want to bring it up. You know, I've been going at it about this whole Justin Fields thing and and the risk reward of these final four games. But that is, I mean, when Chase Claypool went down against the Packers, I like literally fell to my knee because that's how much I care about the start of next season. I understand there's mm-hmm. some things to still be taken away from the rest of this year. What Justin Fields did in the pocket, passing the football against Green Bay, that was great. That's that's the reward of what you're developing for. But there's a risk. There's a, And it's, there's always an inherent risk in football. I understand that. But it's just... You know, the later we get into the year, I just I will continue to feel like the juice isn't worth the squeeze and I'll be holding my breath as the season unwinds because I just want to make it through as healthy as we can. We already lost Darnell Mooney for the year. We lost Eddie Jackson. It looked like we lost Chase Claypool for another year. And I get you can't wrap these guys in bubble wrap, but this is such an important offseason. And if there's certain injuries that, that will then dictate how the offseason goes, whether how you have to approach it in free agency or the draft. And I just think that fans are being very casual about not worrying about those consequences. Yes, you could get hit by a bus walking across the street. Yes, you could get hurt next year, week one, even if you avoid it all of this year. But it's still, you'll never convince me that it that the, the reward is more worthy than the risk at this point, especially as the year gets deeper. Now the offensive line did a great job of keeping Justin Fields clean, zero sacks in the last game. They need to keep that up. I feel like if there's any game where the line is getting blown up like Washington, they got to consider pulling this guy. We get, if if the Eagles or the bills are up 40 on us, you like Justin Fields, pull him. You know what I mean? Like, let's not be silly about this. And that, those kind of those kind of things, and I understand. I'm not trying to wrap Justin Fields in bubble, bubble wrap, nor would he allow anyone to. He's <laughs> got the hard, 
part of a lion. He's tough as nails, but you, at some point the coach and the GM have to also be thinking what's best for this team in long term. And that right there is is why I have such nervous energy these last four weeks. But that's why I'm a fan, and that's why they get paid to make these decisions. So I'll just be over here, you know, complaining. <laughs> Well, hopefully there's not a lot of complaining when it comes to this yes. game. I don't have a name for it, but but it's in a nutshell for the remainder of the year. I want to look because everyone knows that the Bears' remaining schedule is difficult. Like they're playing some really good opponents, and it hit me when I was looking at like free agency stuff today. Like there's a lot of good players that are up for a contract on the Eagles, and the same could be said for the Bills and so on and so forth. So like, let's see if there's any future bears that we're going to be going up against over the next four weeks. So I'm going to give you some players and you're just going to tell me, are you just going to stay away from them? You would consider them as an option. You'd bring them in if the price is right. AJ Brown. Yes. Or is this a player (laughs) that you would back up the Brinks truck for? So here we go. Uh, first of all, I'm going to lump in some players together. Do you want any of the old guys over 30 not named Robert Quinn on their team, like Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey, Linville Joseph, Sue? I figured no. That's why I lumped them in, but I figured I would at least give you that chance. I think you bring in those guys if you're in the Eagles situation where they're ready to compete for a Super Bowl, right? Like you bring in one of those veterans, like, hey, it's a one year, whatever it may be, but. Um, I mean, Fletcher Cox, like he's still a good player. <laughs> he is. I just Kelsey. feel like he's like one of those like lifetime Eagles players and he goes to yeah. Chicago and he's just going to collect the paycheck. At least that's what I thought. I think any of those types of players will have to be players that once you get past free agency and the draft, and if they still haven't been signed and you still haven't been able to fully address those needs in particular positions is when you'd consider it. But at this point, until we see what we're able to get in free agency and then the draft, it's hard to say, yeah, I mean, of course I'd take Fletcher Cox. Let's say the Bears trade back at two and they move back to nine and take an offensive tackle. And then at 13, they take or whatever, you know, with the picks they add, they take other positions than defensive tackle and they don't take, you know, uh, Jalen Carter at two. And you still need that three technique. And, and and there's Fletcher Cox. I mean, he's not going to make it out of free agency prior to the draft. So this whole mm-hmm. scenario is stupid. Grinch should just <laughs> stop talking. But I'm just saying in those kind of scenarios, then once you get past the draft, any kind of quality player that you could potentially pick up on a one-year deal and he's trying to get to that next, you know, prove-it contract, you know, that's, that's those scenarios that will play out. But it has to be after the draft for most of the 30 and overs, I'd imagine. All right, let's get into some slightly younger players. They have a handful of guys that are like 28, 29, will turn 30 before next season, but I think they could be productive still. So first of all, cornerback James Bradbury, 29, three interceptions this year, 33 tackles. He's allowing 44.6% of his targets to be completed, which is the second lowest in the NFL, which is a good thing. The second lowest pass rating, two when targeted at 436 He's the fourth highest graded corner via PFF. He's currently on a one-year $7.25 million contract, most of which is a signing bonus, by the way, showing you can be flexible because his cap is only 
million dollars. So again, at this age, just coming off a one-year deal where he really proved it, he's looking for that last big money deal. He's played above his current contract. Uh, SpotTrack has his market value at $17.1 million next year, which would be the eighth highest of all corners. Uh, and he's currently 31st, uh, if you want like a comparison of where that jump may lie. But would he be a good option alongside Kyler, alongside Jalen Johnson? What, what would you guys do? Stay away, consider, price is right, back up the brink. Where are you at? Well, with that scenario, I mean, you obviously would have to pay him. Like you were just saying, he that's what he would be looking for. And then Kyler would be your designated nickel. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to take, you know, him off the field. And I wonder, I mean, is that what you want out of your, you know, your second round draft pick? Uh, I don't know if that's what the Bears intentions are, but if they were to sign a big ticket, you know, free agent or a cornerback on the outside, then that does put you in a position to only play Kyler at nickel. And maybe that's the best for the, the Bears defense moving forward. Maybe it's not. I, you know, I still need to see more from Kyler Gordon to to make that um, determination, but it would be intriguing if, if they did do that. So you're at the consideration stage. Consi- yeah, consideration would be probably the best place for, for, for a player like Bradbury. What about you, Greg? Yeah, I mean, I certainly think corners on the table, especially with what Nick just said from what Matt Eberflew said about Kyler Gordon. Like, I really am looking forward to seeing him at nickel. Like, I think for most Bears fans, we're like, oh, like we want <laughs> Kyler Gordon to play on the outside. Nickel is a very important position, especially in this day and age in the NFL. You just, you want your corners when you draft them that high to be guys that can be on the outside. They're asking Kyler to do a lot and maybe he'll still be a guy that gets on the outside. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting. And then the other dynamic you have to think about is, you know, if you're pl- paying a guy like that, you know, big money and a longer term contract, what does that what, what does that mean for Jalen Johnson? Because he's due for a payday here real soon. Right. So I think you have to take that into consideration. I've kind of got my hopes up on um, the cornerback out of Illinois that I'd like for them to draft in the second or third round, uh, Witherspoon. Uh, this guy has impressed me the few times I've watched him play. That's getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I just feel like he could be somebody that's there in the second round or third round not the guy for projections, but uh, all I know is the guy can play and I would love to see him in a bears uniform. So, um, you know, cornerback is so expensive. Wide receiver is so expensive. Ideally you'd like to find those guys in the draft. So you're not Mm -hmm. paying them because then you can pay your offensive line and your defensive line, which the bears sorely need. Well, the good news is about the Bears. Their pockets are so full that are like drooping down to the ground <laughs> as they're walking around falling. right now. Seriously, <laughs> like they have that kind of cash to spend uh, this upcoming offseason. All right, next up, defensive tackle Javon Hargrave. Nick actually mentioned his name earlier, his nickname, Grave Digger. He turns 30 in February, but he's fifth on the team in tackles. He has eight sacks, seven tackles for a loss. He was a third-round pick in 2016, signed a three-year, $36 million deal to Eagles back in 2020, uh, top interior pass rusher in the league, 24 sacks in his time in Philly so far, 41 on career uh, with 199 quarterback hurries, by the way, uh, throughout his entire career so far too. And again, I know we're talking about a lot of younger defensive linemen and things of that nature, but there are plenty of cases around a league of like D Lyman playing well into their early thirties. So mm-hmm. I did want to bring this one as an option, uh, but this is another 
potential hefty deal where his uh, market value is sitting at 20.1 million per year, which would be the third most of defensive tackles. So that one may put him out of the price range, at least for me personally, but he's a really good player. He may be available. Thoughts on him? Yeah, hopefully he's not putting uh, Justin Field grave with, <laughs> with, his nickname, <laughs> with his nickname there uh, this upcoming Sunday. But yeah, the Bears, I think, have to take serious look at every single free agent pass rush or defensive lineman that, that they can. <laughs> when you look at the lack of reduction from that unit right now, mm-hmm. Will, like you have to take a serious look at everybody. But he, you said he's going to already be 30. Is that correct? He turns 30 in February, which does, you know, put some pause, but there are older players in the mm-hmm. league playing at a very high level. It's not one where you sign them to like a five, six plus year deal. Three was his last one. I, this next one may just be two. Yeah, that's true. If I mean, maybe in a two year deal, again, consideration for me, for sure. Because again, anybody that has production on the defensive line, the Bears would be like, oh, we could use you. Uh, we could put you on this defense uh, right now because you're going to be better than everyone else that we got. See, I saw a comment here from uh, Pepe saying that uh, Payne, Darren Payne's the guy to get. You know, I agree. He's just not on the list here for this week. But we'll, we'll continue the game. Greg, any thoughts on Hargrave real quick? Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of Bears fans have their eyes set on Deron Payne. We don't know if he'll be available, you know. So right. this is somebody that could be, you know, available. And he's shown some consistency. He's got eight sacks this year. He had seven and a half sacks last year. So you feel like this is somebody you know what you're getting from. You know, that being said, the Bears have to put help around these guys because, you know, if you're a defensive tackle and you don't have anybody on the edge getting to the quarterback, well, then they're just going to double double you up and you're not going to get those eight sacks, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if you're Hargrave. So, you know, uh, but I imagine they are going to start, you know, putting a huge influx of talent in here. So, yeah, I mean, that's certainly somebody I would consider. And he may not come at the price tag that a Duran Payne will. And and like I said, it's tricky in free agency too because we don't really know how Ryan Poles is going to attack free agency. And if we do end up with the number two or the number three pick, it's going to be somewhere between two and five, which is great news. You know, they may say, hey, we're getting Jalen. If we have the number two pick and Ryan Poles is saying, we're getting Jalen Carter, then I don't know how much money they're going to put into defensive tackle. They may put it on the outside. I'm not going to complain. It just has to be investments made all the way around. What about this potential reclamation project here? Offensive tackle Andre Dillard, first round pick in 2019. It just hasn't really panned out as expected. Uh, he was a top left tackle in that draft class. Didn't get to play a lot as a rookie. He missed 2020 due to a biceps injury. Uh, then from ever since, he's been trying to climb uphill. Uh, Jordan Malata? Question mark. I'm going to go my best on pronouncing that one. He came out of nowhere for Philadelphia, became the left tackle, and he played so good that they gave him a $64 million extension. So it wasn't that Dillard played bad. They just found someone else that just blossomed out of nowhere and kind of took that job. So ever since, he's been practicing all across the offensive line, including right tackle. He played some left guard this year and played well. Uh, he's taking it all in stride. He still has high aspirations in his league. It just may not be in Philadelphia. And I know we've been doing a lot of these kind of projects ever since polls came in. And I don't have like a market value for him. That's how uncertain everyone is about like the market for Dillard. But I think this will be an interesting potential project if the Bears want to find 
you know, a low risk, potential high reward guy in free agency. If that's how they're viewing it, Will, then that's okay with like signing a guy like this. If you're thinking that, you know, a guy like Dillard's going to be your, your, your left tackle, like that's putting too much um, eggs in the basket without knowing what the hell the basket, you know, is. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, and I think at that position too, you just need to get it right. Right. You just need to get guys that you know you could trust out there that Justin Fields can trust. And that's, that's how I'm going to view a lot of like, how whoever the bears do end up getting on the offensive line to upgrade this entire unit. That's how I'm going to view it. Can you be consistently relied on? You're not going to win all your one-on-one matchups. You're going to give up sacks. You're going to give up pressures, but can you be more consistent than not? And again, I, maybe we just know much too much about Dillard, obviously high draft pick, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to sit this one out. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the same way. It's like, Oh, we have enough projects going on. You know I mean? Uh, Alex Leatherwood's a project, you know, Tevin Jenkins learning a new position at guard, even though he's played really well, you could still consider a work in progress. Maybe not a Mm -hmm. project. I'll be a little nicer with that because of the play he's shown on the field, but a Braxton Jones, same thing. He's done well by all accounts and a fifth round pick who has a high ceiling, but still a project at left tackle to be your, you know, 10 year left tackle. I mean, if that's what ends up happening, huge credit to Ryan Poles. And I think they're on the right track, but I still think he's got more to prove and improve on, you know, for that to be him becoming an, a guaranteed mainstay. So we have all these projects going on and now it's starting to look like Greg Braggs and homework assignments in middle school. I had all these projects and none of them were actually done. And my mom would be yelling at me, a 40-year teacher, you know, pulling her hair out, trying to get her son to actually learn. So, you know, I think I think we should, like Nick said, you know, maybe stay away from the projects and, and go for the sure thing so we can start to anchor down that protection uh, for Justin Fields. I expect a lot of depth spots to be available on this roster come next offseason, so I want to be opposed to like, hey, Come in, earn a spot if you can. If not, you're our new swing tackle because is Riley Reef really going to be here? Probably not. No. All right. I got two more for you, and they're on defense. We're going to look at linebackers. Uh, they have a outside off. Okay, so an off-ball linebacker who plays the will position, Kaiser White. Uh, you know, because we all know Nicholas Morrow ain't it. Uh, so White is 26 years old. He's second on the Eagles with 79 tackles, one for loss, one quarterback hit, five PBUs. He signed a one-year, $5 million deal with the Eagles last offseason. He spent his first four years with the Chargers, where you know the team that drafted him, he had 144 tackles and 77 starts. So he's almost halfway or just over halfway in this one season. So he is someone that's continuing to get better. He was PFF's 20th best off-ball linebacker in 2021. Uh, in this season, he is 37th overall of all linebackers, which, you know, it doesn't sound great, but again, maybe he, he's not going to be a stud, but he could be better than Morrow, which is 48th, by the way, uh, of all linebackers. So a potential upgrade there at the linebacking position. So what about Kaiser White? Would, would he be someone that piques your fancies? Uh, he's got production uh, to go along, you know, what you were just kind of saying, Will, and, you know, his last year at the Chargers, 144 tackles, like that's, production two forced fumbles also was a former safety as well like i know you know obviously nicholas Moore was also a, a former safety but someone that can have some range too mm-hmm. i think you just need to find someone that like jack sanborn's doing right now he just finds the ball 
He's just around the football. So if Kaiser White can provide that, then then that's that's obviously what you want in a defense. And you know, one of the things that Sanborn said for how to lock up Jalen Hurts, and you really can't do that. You just need to have people around the football. I don't know if the Bears have too many of those guys currently, even though that's a part of the hits philosophy. Um, they need guys like that. So he would definitely be somebody I'd be intrigued with. You know, I the name doesn't jump off the board to me and just, you know, um, you know, skimming over his stats, the thing that does stick out to me is only two forced fumbles. He has four interceptions, but only two forced fumbles. And and to me, you know, what is Matt Eberflus? What is he predicated on? What is the reason they got rid of Roquan Smith? What is the reason he said Jalen Johnson um, probably shouldn't be a pro bowler this year? You got to get the stats. You got to get the turnovers. And, you know, you know, for, for this guy, I mean, I don't know if that's enough. I mean, four interceptions, two forced fumbles. Maybe that's enough in Matt Eberflus's book. But I don't know. Like I said, me personally, he doesn't necessarily jump off the page. But when you're the Bears and the cover is bare, beggars cannot be choosers. So anybody, we got a big help wanted <laughs> sign up outside at Hallis Hall. So, you know, I don't think we're going to be complaining at whoever they bring in because we need all the help we can get. Oh, don't you underestimate Bears fans. They and we will find ways and nitpick and complain. Final guy, real quick, another linebacker, but an inside linebacker. What the hell, Will? We have Jack Sanborn. This is for the game, but also I want to bring this parallel into the equation. So TJ Edwards, he's 26 years old. He leads the team with 115 tackles, eight for loss, five QB hits, two sacks, seven PBUs. By far one of the best inside linebackers in the game this season. I bet you he resigned with Philadelphia. But here's the thing. I said he was an undrafted guy in 2019. Where'd he come from? Wisconsin. And he worked his way into a starting role and he worked his way up to becoming one of the best inside linebackers in the game today. If that's Jack Sanborn's trajectory and Sanborn's doing it quicker than Edwards did, I'm just saying we may just be a okay when it comes to the Mike linebacking position here in Chicago. I don't even know if you need to even say anything about Edwards, but I just want to at least show you like there's a player out there who would kind of follow the same path and he's playing at a really high level. And it even took him a couple of years to get a shot. Sanborn got his experience now. I, I think this is pretty interesting. Well, and he's being productive behind a super productive defensive line and a defense that right? can help him out. Sanborn is doing this with not a lot of help himself. So I don't know. Obviously, he's you know having a really good season. We'll get to see him up front uh, on Sunday at Soldier Field. But what Sanborn is doing is it truly is impressive <laughs> for him to be around the football consistently, despite you know some of the the ten other guys maybe not doing the job. Sanborn consistently finds ways to to make plays. Oh wow! It's one of those moments again <laughs> oh, where I'm like every oh. week, every week. <laughs> <laughs> three up, I was like, I'm gonna go speechless here. That's gonna be like our weekly like clip for social just from this show. Is this when we finally find a moment where Greg doesn't have the, something to say? It happened a lot. Only on this show it happens, but it doesn't happen a lot. Wow. All right, so I'll wrap up this segment. There are other names you can chime in as someone's like, oh no, the Bears should look into this player. You have 
Running back Boston Scott, wide receiver Zach Pascal, running back Miles Sanders, again, probably a player that comes back, uh, safety Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and safety Marcus Epps. I feel like the Bears aren't going to go all in on a safety considering they just went with Brisker, and I'd expect Jackson yeah. to recover and be back next year. All right, cool. No objections. Greg, Chi-Town Cornhole, hit me. Oh, I'm going to hit you with some Chi-Town Cornhole because this is the Christmas season. And you got to make sure you get your loved ones and friends and family some Chi-Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Their signature box style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Their cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders, recessed in on the back, LEDs that light up the hole, and exterior handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers. They've thought of it all. Veteran-owned and operated. They can ship anywhere and offer local pickups if you're doing some last-minute Christmas shopping, specializing in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts, and gifts for all occasions, and especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. Go check out their website, chitowncornhole.com. And make sure to follow them on Instagram at Chi-Town Custom Cornhole Boards. Really good, really good stuff. We've had them all year long at our CHGO Bears tailgates. Good bags, good boards. They, they for anybody that's uh you know loves to play cornhole, uh they they have a nice slide to them, uh nice distance as far as how big the boards are. Um, really really enjoyed playing on those all year long. So shout out to those guys. Absolutely. Good stuff there, Greg. I want to make sure people know about, you know, DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm sure you do because they are the official sports betting partner of the NFL and they are my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. So many reasons why the same game parlays, those fast, easy payouts, the player prop options are awesome. I love coming through those uh, as everyone has heard me talk about a million times. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. So check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. And the more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. And of course, uh, we've been using the app here. Well, I've been using it for years, and it's just an awesome way to go ahead and bet on the NFL games. And I gave you uh, some thoughts about my same game parlay earlier that I'm feeling pretty good about now, especially I'm not going to say because of the injury to Murray, but it does help at least with I bet. And real quickly, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use code CHGO, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 and free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, guys. So we have a big game this week, right? Eagles, Bears, but I think the matchup within the matchup intrigues me even more. And that's Justin Fields versus Jalen Hurts. And Nick and I, we kind of talked about this a little bit on Thursday during our bye week special. And, and I gave some interesting stats about like how similar Hurts' season last year was to what we're seeing from Justin Fields this year. And if you want a quick refresher, Jalen Hurts in 2021, he hit 61% of his passes for 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions, an 87.2 passer rating, and he had 784 rushing yards with 10 rushing touchdowns. 
Justin Fields so far this season, he's hitting exactly the same amount of passes, 61%, 13 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, an 85.4 rating, 905 rushing yards with eight touchdowns. And then what we saw this year in Philadelphia and bringing in A.J. Brown really helped is that Jalen Hurts just took really huge leaps. Numbers went up across the board, a higher touchdown percentage, more passing yards per game, and that pass rating went up from 87.2 last year to a 108.3. Yeah. Wouldn't you, how would you feel if you saw Justin do that kind of jump next year, Greg? You're going to spit out that drink? I would probably cry. I would, <laughs> I would spit out this entire green drink all over the set, and, and then they'd probably kick me out. No, I would, <laughs> I would, I would be ecstatic. That's, that's the goal, right? I mean, but as I said, just watching them and it's, it's kind of laughable how he just kind of throws it up to these guys and they just go get it. AJ Brown, mm-hmm. uh, the wide Devonte Smith, who they traded up to get, you know, they, they've got so much talent, you know, uh, Dallas Goddard really good. So, you know, I think we have a start with Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, Cole Komet. But we need that one more guy. We need that A.J. Brown. And I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't know if we're going to be drafting wide receiver in the first round as much as I was kind of uh, really getting into that idea early in the season. I think the higher we go up in the draft, picking in the top five, the less I think that's a possibility. Now, if we trade back, all bets are off because it just depends on where we're sitting. Uh, And then taking best player available, if that's what Ryan Poles chooses to do. But you know, maybe there's a free agent or not a free agent, but a, a trade partner out there for a veteran wide receiver like an AJ Brown. That's a true number one, a proven number one. Uh, you know, me and my friend were going back and forth about um, uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, uh, my buddy Eric. We were watching the game yesterday and he thinks Godwin is better than Evans. And I thought Evans was better than Godwin. I think they both bring a lot to the table. You know, I, you know, it's like, and, and if Tom Brady leaves there, you know, are they in the market for trading some mm-hmm. veteran wide receivers? There'll be other teams like that, that we're not, I mean, did anybody think AJ Brown was going to get traded from the Titans last year? Nobody did. So there's going to be other wide receivers out there. You know, I don't know. Everybody thinks Keenan Allen's past his prime uh, with the San Diego Chargers. I, or I thought he looked great last night. If the Chargers are ready to get rid of uh, Keenan Allen, Sign me up. You know, we need a guy that can that is a top line route runner, great hands, all that stuff, because that, that's gonna take Justin Fields to the next level. He's proven everything. Like you said, Jalen Hurts and him last year, very similar. And you see this jump. What's gonna make that jump is a wide uh, is that top line wide receiver to go along with the ones that they already have in house bonafide wide receiver was the term that was coming out on uh, Thursday. We're right there with you. Godwin would be interesting, but yeah, free agency is not going to happen. Like it's just, there's no one there. Uh, I keep looking at that list once a week. It doesn't change. My hopes don't get any higher. <laughs> it's it's like going in the fridge and you open it up and then you go back three minutes later and open it again to see what your options are. Yep. And, it, and it hasn't changed. I do that all the time. Yeah, no, it, that's exactly it. And it hasn't changed. Maybe like a trade target. I think that's the only way you can go. I mean, you can draft someone, but that's a high investment. And right now the draft is definitely heavier on defense early on. That's your homework assignment then, Will. Find all the wide receivers that could be traded across the league. I already identified one, but I still don't know if he's that bona fide guy. And that's Paris Campbell. Like he's good, but is he that kind of guy? And I don't 
think so, unfortunately. But he's putting up good numbers with a really bad offense. But I don't know if I've seen the it factor for it. But definitely, you're right. That is on my list of things that I want to do personally. So I'm glad you mentioned it. I'll put it higher on my. Of course, I'm passing the research off onto you. I mean, you're the research guy, but no one's going to depend on me to do this research properly. Yeah, I'm in. I'm the in-house research guy. I'm damn proud of it. And you're very good at it for sure. I I appreciate it. Let's get people pumped about this matchup between Hertz and Fields. Why? Are we excited? Why should Bears fans be excited about this matchup coming here on Sunday? Again, I, I really, really am excited to see these two kind of go at it. Nick, why are you excited about it? So you see our, our graphic up there. I think I'm pointing at it. The DraftKings. Take the overs on the rushing yards for both these <laughs> quarterbacks on Sunday because you know they're about to go off and, and try to extend plays. But like that's what these two quarterbacks can do. The ability to make off schedule plays happen and can almost do it consistently. And that's why it's going to be awesome on Sunday because regardless of which offense you're watching, and it might be tougher for the bears because the front seven, they're going to have to go against, but you're seeing two really athletic quarterbacks. I remember when the discussion for the beginning of this season was like, okay, we got Jalen hurts. The, the wide receiver that he needs. If he can't do it this year, then we're going to move on, you know, get another, get another chance to see a, a quarterback with these weapons. Well, he's made the most of it. So I think on Sunday, you're hoping to see like what next season could be like for Justin mm. Fields and the bears offense. And you're going to have to watch it through the Eagles pretty much lighting up this bears defense for 30 plus, but maybe that is what you see on Sunday. And it's just going to be exciting to see, Again, a guy like Hertz, and you know Fields is super competitive, maybe try to match what he's doing. It's going to be a lot tougher, though, because he's going up a way, going up against a way better defense than what the Bears are going to present to Jalen Hurts. Just say if Justin does go, you know, uh, tit for tat with this, uh, with Hertz on Sunday, with the weapons that Hertz has compared to Justin and the offensive lines being, you know, on drastically two different ends of the spectrum, what would that tell you, Nick, about? who Justin Fields, the Chicago Bears quarterback, is, if he can do that this Sunday? I don't know if it would tell me anything differently than what I already think of Fields right now, to be completely honest, you guys. Maybe that's way too overblown. But from what I've seen with what Justin Fields is working with, you know he's a competitor. You know he's your franchise quarterback. But if he can go throw for throw, drive for drive, point for point, with a guy like Jalen Hurts and everything that he's got here, and he's going up against the Bears defense, that tells you everything that you need to know. And that 2023 is about to be a hell of a lot more fun than even this season. They only got three wins, but it's still a fun season. It's going to be a lot more fun next year. If we are able to see some of that type of play from Justin Fields, again, very tall task with everything the Eagles are bringing to Soldier Field on Sunday. But if he could do that, Will, whew, 2023, we cannot wait for that season to start. Yeah, the Eagles defense, really good, even though you guys didn't want any of those defenders. Greg, how about you? <laughs> what are your thoughts about this matchup? What gets I mean, you excited? I mean, yeah, I mean, I thought Nick hit it on the head there. I mean, look at what Justin Fields did going toe-to-toe with Tua and the Dolphins on the lakefront. And they have Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill going up against our secondary and our defense, who's young and, and not very good up front have all the time in the world to throw and Justin Fields with the talent he has to work with offensively matched him toe to toe. If he matches the Philadelphia Eagles, who I think their defense is better than the dolphins 
don't think that's a stretch to say. If he's able to do this same kind of, you know, you know, um, just highlight real matchup back and forth game. That's we're talking about. If he, if he does that, we have the Bills and then the Lions. But more importantly, these Eagles and Bills games are, are great litmus tests for what's to come. If he's able to match these guys like he did in that Dolphins game, we're talking about a quarterback that could potentially be the best in the NFC, if not the entire NFL. I mean, to me, he's on that trajectory trajectory already to be a top five quarterback in the NFC. And if he can get the help that he that he deserves, there's a very good chance he can be a top 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 five quarterback in the entire NFL. I mean, look at what happened with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, and I think there's a lot of similarities in Justin and Lamar's game. And I think Justin's ceiling is higher because I I mean I've said it before, but I think he's I think he's every bit the runner Lamar Jackson is with a better arm, and so. You know, I think he can play the quarterback position from the pocket. He just chooses not to because he wants to help his team win currently. So, you know, I'm excited to see how we match up. I know we're going to get kicked in the mouth, but, you know, I thought we'd get kicked in the mouth against the Dolphins, and that's not what happened. I mean, we ended that game, and most Bears fans felt like they should have won that game. If we Mm -hmm. come away on Sunday feeling like that against the Eagles, I'll be shocked. And, you know, I know I talk a lot about the tankathon. I know I talk a lot about that number two pick, but I'm not rooting against the Bears and I'm not rooting against Justin Fields. And I know they're not trying to tank. And if Justin Fields ruins all my dreams for number two, and now we fall to four or five, which is a great worst case scenario in this, uh, you know, in this scenario, and he wins and beats the Philadelphia Eagles, you will not hear one complaint out of me about it. I mean, Yes, I want that number two pick, but at the same time, I'm totally for beating the the best team in football and putting a statement, you know, like that out there. There wasn't as much juice for me with the the hapless Packers. It just didn't, you know, it just feels like they're running out the string. I don't think it's possible. I think Philadelphia is really going to take it to us, and I think this is a good opportunity for Ryan Poles and George McCaskey to see right in front of them on the lakefront, what needs to be done for the Bears to become them. The next three weeks, and it, it's a, it's kind of a gradual step. you got the Eagles and the Bills who are the top of the NFL and everything we would dream to be as a team. But then when we go to play the Lions on New Year's Day, look at what they're starting to become. Mm-hmm. So I just think each week here, these next three, are a good opportunity for our franchise to look across the field and say, how do we get to this? How do we get to this? So, you know, it starts here with the best team in football, the Philadelphia Eagles. So I I love it. You know, it'll be interesting to see. It scares me when Nick says, uh, take the over on the rushing yards. I don't like, (laughs) because my, the other half of me is again, that risk reward. And I don't want Justin Fields to try to run for 250 yards and, and, and I know he's going to try. And this is where it's like I have this tug of war of emotion. So that scares me. I, I want them to be – I want them to compete, but I want them to be safe. And I don't care if they lose. I'm, I'm a basket case of emotions right now as a Bears fan. I just want to get through this godforsaken season. It's been a lot of fun. I completely agree. It's the most fun three-win season we will ever have as Bears fans. And that's a credit to Justin Fields and probably Justin Fields alone. But I guess we do have to give the coaching staff a little credit for all of this. But 
lot of emotions going on. I'm excited for the Chicago Bears to get back to it this Sunday. You know, bye weeks are nice, but Bears games are nicer. Greg, I like how you didn't mention the Vikings and like you know the four opponents. Like you want to be the you want to be the Eagles. You want to be the. No, I don't want to be the Vikings. Then, yeah, I know they're yeah, ten, like they're the ten wins is is fine, but you're not a, you're not honestly a ten win team. We saw what the the Lions just did to them last week, but I, I appreciate that that you did not you left out the Vikings on purpose. Well, and I also don't know if they're going to play their starters the last week, but yeah, I mean we're trying to beat all these teams. You want to be the best, you got to beat the best. So, I mean, I know Don Burr's been in our chat tonight, and he's a big Lions fan, so congrats to you. You know, we'll see. You know, it looks like they're on a trajectory to make the playoffs, and this is what the Bears, you know, as much as we want to be the Eagles next year, and that's what I was saying to Will earlier, This that watching them, getting to sit back and watch that entire game, I was like, I don't know if we can become the Eagles by next year. Maybe Justin Fields can become the dynamic quarterback MVP-type candidate like Jalen Hurts is, but as a team, can the Bears be the Eagles next year? We got so many holes to fill for that to become a reality, but we can be every bit of the Detroit Lions who are, what are they, five and seven right now? And I think Detroit's right. ready to throw a ticker tape parade or six and seven, whatever they are. They're, they're feeling great about everything that's going on right now. So while we're still a ways away from becoming the Eagles, we can compete in this conference if we just do a few things right here in the offseason, specifically get Justin Fields some more help. And of course you would like that he slighted the Vikings, Nick, because that's exactly what you did on Thursday when we were talking about the upcoming opponents. I did. Mm -hmm. I don't you don't remember. You had a long <laughs> weekend, but you did the same exact thing. You're talking about Super Bowl contenders and things of that nature. Oh, and it was like, you're like this. Hey, we're going to move. And then the Lions. And they're like, yeah, the Vikings are in there too, man. They're well, Jack Sanborn did the exact same thing today because no he was asked about Super Bowl contenders. He's like, I think you mean the Eagles and the Bills. Ooh. And like, you know, obviously the Vikings are seeing a 10 to 3, but he's like, I think you mean the Eagles and the Bills. So I think even he knows who the real who the real players are in this league. So, hey. I'm only I'm only following in the the footsteps of the what 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 nickname are we going with Jack Sanborn? I, I forget he has so all many of them right now. So I like Sandlocker. Oh okay. I like I know okay. everybody's saying Sand God fine, but I like Sandlocker. I think that okay. one's pretty funny. So we'll see. He did too. You know, and in for Minnesota, you know, and their aspirations like getting to the dances is half the battle. So it's if great. they get there. Anything can happen. You look at the, the Philadelphia Eagles who were playing and, and how they won the Super Bowl with Nick freaking Foles. We all saw how that worked out in Chicago. I mean, you go on, you get in, you get in the dance, the matchups work in your favor. Certain things happen throughout the game. Anything can happen. So, you know, no, am I picking them to get to the Super Bowl? No, I know Carmi V did. Uh, mm -hmm. And you just never know. I mean, it's not like they're terrible. I mean, they were. You know, that last game, it was an entertaining game against the Lions, and the Lions are no pushover anymore. And I thought Kirk Cousins made a lot of really good throws in that game. Justin Jefferson is a dynamic player. But, yeah, the Vikings, you know, they have somewhat of a playoff curse themselves. So, But you never know, and you got to get to the dance to have a chance. There's my I rhyme. And I one. don't know if Don Burr is still here, but I did see one of his comments earlier about, like, kind of, like, making fun that we're talking like, already like talking about drafts draft picks and status and like what like not wanting to lose but like being okay if we lose and like like oh, that's just a sign of a like a loser and things like that don't 
I remember, I don't want to have to go all the way back and pull the receipts, but I remember him talking about, oh, we're going to have that number one pick and we're going to get like Hutchinson and getting all excited about it. So I remember, <laughs> I remember last year, Don. There you people, are. People don't yeah. forget, Don. People yep, don't there's, forget. There's the comment that mm. I already stuck in my brain down the road, too. Very so I'm nice, not going to forget Don. that. You know, we appreciate your support, but, mm-hmm. you know, calling me a loser. I, I hear worse <laughs> on Bears Twitter. So. Yeah, I was going to say, that's oh, yeah. pretty tame. That's not, that's not <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. All right, real quickly, let's throw that uh, the results of the poll that we ran about who's going to have the better career. Obviously, our listeners aren't biased, so what were those results? So I was pretty surprised that the results were as emphatic as they are. Uh, just to preface this a little bit, Jalen Hurts is a leading MVP candidate right now. He's probably top two with Patrick Mahomes. And the results are in. It's Justin Fields with a whopping 73% of the vote. <laughs> you were surprised that Bears fans are biased, Steven? I, it's, it's not that I'm surprised are you new here? I just thought it was like it wasn't going to be that big of a gap. 73%. That's uh, the guy might win MVP this well, year. Well, we, obno- we are a very obnoxious fan base. Steve, that is true. So that you is have true. to take that into account. I mean, you know, I do think Justin, I voted Justin Fields. I think he has the higher ceiling. I mean, you know, I, if you give J- Justin Fields the weapons and the offensive line that Jalen Hurts has, you look at the, the year that Justin Fields is putting up this year. I mean, that's the simple math to me. I mean, I think most teams would kill to have Justin Fields on their team. Jalen Hurts having a great year. All respect to him. Same with Tua having a great year. But look at the weapons. Look at the line. Look at the play caller. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the things that go into take into account and. Uh, Justin Fields is all talent, baby. And if you just get him some help, we're going to reap those rewards here very soon. And like you said, Greg, too. Go ahead, Steven. I was just going to say, let me ask you guys a question real quick. Over under in his career, 0.5 MVPs for Justin Fields. Over. Over. 0.5. Yeah. 0.5. I mean, I'm taking Man. the over. Just so yeah, he has I'll, to win I'll, one. I'll, the reason I'm asking is because Jalen Hurts. The, who was the guy probably saying leading was Dan Orlovsky was getting ready to give him the MVP this year? So <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely over. I mean, they have the most explosive plays in football. How many touchdowns does he have this year, uh, throwing and passing? I mean, what does he have, guys? I, somebody research team, help me you out. Field? <laughs> yeah, Twenty-one. Twenty-one. I mean, and he missed a game. So he's probably going to get close to 30 touchdowns. You know, Eric Kramer was the last one to get 30 passing touchdowns, you know, as a Chicago bear. So, um, yeah, I think he's definitely going to hit the over. All right. I I might regret this later. Like if I, if he gets one, I'm going to be really happy. So I'm going to ask you a very similar question over under 1.5 TDs for for him. (laughs) But but let's not get greedy. Yeah, I I know. I know. But if Hurts might win one this year and the, the, the poll is, saying like oh no with you know justin fields has the better career well lamar jackson won an mvp and justin fields is already True. better than him and, so. and these two guys are almost a carbon copy of each other with the with the way they play the only difference is hurts has weapons and fields doesn't i'm going over i mean he's gonna win right. like five mvps i'm kidding i'm kidding i mean geez. no i love it i hope when, he does i hope whatever right. you say i'm we gonna say the so, over. yes so you just keep throwing them at me. I'm gonna keep saying <laughs> I'm not gonna put any money on it. I'm just gonna open my big fat mouth on the show. That's it. 
All right, guys, let's uh let's put a bow in this episode. Uh, I know you guys were talking about like looking at the opponent, how you can get better, and I agree. And hopefully that started during the bye week. And as we're going through these team meetings, it wouldn't be a bad thing if they're in like the defensive meeting, right? Like, all right, game planning against the Eagles. What do they do well and why? What makes them so dangerous? And then you also have Luke Getzey in the room. And then, heck, bring in Ryan Poles, and they can just have like a trickle-down effect. Like, all right, why can't we do this on offense, Getzey? Well, we need X, Y, and Z. Uh, emphasis on the X. You're like, oh, okay, I got you. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. But, no, I do agree with all of you, and we've been talking about it for a while looking at this stretch. It's just a stretch of games that the Bears can do a lot of self-reflection on top of just the scouting the opponent and try to blend the two together to come up with a good plan. Not that I don't believe Ryan Poles already has a plan, though, when he looks at this team, looks at Justin, and just knows what he needs. It's, it's pretty obvious uh, what it is in his targets, his protection, and then you have to have a defense that doesn't give up over 30 points a game. If you have those things, it will be a better year next year. But no, it's going to be a lot of fun this week. Fields, Hurts, the, compar- the comparisons, the parallels. I'm excited for all the talk. But Nick, Greg, any final thoughts before we sign off? Looking forward to the matchup. Um, like, obviously, we have this week to prepare, seeing everything that they're going to bring to to the Bears on Sunday. But honestly, like, when we're in the press box, I might just sit back and watch to yep. see how this unfolds. As long as Fields is not running for his life like it's Washington, and, like, it, there's there's cohesion within the offense, there's rhythm, the timing that Mary Flus was talking about earlier today, then I can feel comfortable and just – Maybe watch the game, soak it all in. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the Bears stack up against a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I'm excited as well. It's nice to get back to it. Bye week's fun. But, you know, we only get 17 of these, mm-hmm. you know, and then we wait all off season and we yell at anybody that doubts us as Bears fans and <laughs> <laughs> we spend all off season arguing with each other. Uh, this is our chance to actually talk about the games. And uh, so I'm excited to get back to that. Four more to go. And uh, we'll get a good idea of just how far away we are from the best and some of the up-and-comers like the Detroit Lions. So I'm excited for these next four games to see exactly the litmus test of where the Bears are exactly at um, with you know an injury-riddled team and a, and a talent-depleted team. So the more they can continue to make every game competitive like they did against Green Bay – and Atlanta, and the Dolphins, and Detroit, and everybody else. If they can keep doing that to finish this season, that's a huge testament to this coaching staff, these players, and specifically Justin Fields. So let's see it. Let's see it on Sunday. Have my doubts. It's a great team we're going to play, but uh, I guess I shouldn't be doubting Justin Fields very much. He's continued to prove why he's one of the most dynamic players in the NFL. Listen, the Texans – gave us a great glimpse of oh. the any given Sunday just well yesterday. Uh yeah. so it's oh, and then one of those damn Broncos too. Yep. Get yep. my hopes up. They almost come back down 27 nothing. And then I knew when they came back, I'm like, now I'm gonna get my hopes up and get all invested in this game. You know, I hope Russell Wilson's okay. Let but... down to yep. let down. The letdown of a game I shouldn't even have cared about. The Chiefs let them right back in. Hopefully, Russell Wilson's okay. They play, uh, you know, if we're looking at the Tankathon thing, they play the Rams. 
on Christmas Day. So, oh, God. yeah, but yes, yep. the, tank, the tank games had me so fired up yesterday, but it'll be nice to get back to the Bears games. Speaking of fired up, can you berate people one last time to give this video a like, and then I'll exit? Like, subscribe, and share along. We appreciate all of you tuning in. But if you don't like this show, anyone listening later on on the audio podcast, if you're listening on two and a half speed and you're hearing my annoying voice, it's seven years of bad luck if you don't hit the like there. I said it. Wow, there you go. A lot of pressure, so make sure you hit that like button. I want to thank everyone who tuned in here tonight. Of course, if you're listening to the podcast, we appreciate you too. Uh, Make sure to rate and review our show over on Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate those coming in. Uh, Tell us how much you love. Uh, you know, when Nick and I find ways to get Bragg's to be a little quiet once in a while, I think that'd be a great <laughs> review with a C come in. Maybe we'll, we'll see how it goes. And of course, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say, if you haven't yet, definitely go to allchshow.com slash diehard and become one here today. So many great benefits, 20% off merch always, even when we're running sales, 20% off all of our events, like our bears tailgates, our takeovers, and just so much more, including getting into our uh, CHGO diehard lounge. We get to hang out with Nick, myself, and all your other favorite CHGO personalities inside of our discord channels uh, where we talk sports is honestly probably like one of my favorite places to talk Chicago sports. That's not Twitter. All right. Thanks for everyone for tuning in. This was CHGO bears after dark. We'll be back at you throughout the entire week, but until then bear down Chicago.